For CJLO News, I'm Patricia Petzeliang. Staff at the Montreal General Hospital are extremely concerned after two employees were injured by an aggressive patient in a situation that could have been avoided. According to CBC News, a 25-year-old man was admitted to the Montreal General Hospital on Friday due to psychological problems. Early Saturday morning, the man attacked a nurse and an assistant nurse, injuring them both. According to staff, no security guards were in the ward at the time of the attack because of significant budget cuts implemented by Quebec's government. Hundreds of people who were forced to evacuate because of wildfires south of Manitoba's Poplar River First Nation are returning home on Tuesday. According to CBC News, the wildfires were started by lightning. Wildfires in other parts of Manitoba have displaced more than 4,300 residents from the Wasagamak First Nation, St. Teresa Point First Nation, and Garden Hill First Nation as well. The bodies of 16 migrants were discovered in Libya's desert on Tuesday. According to Reuters, Egyptian migrants are often left for dead by smugglers who abandon them in the middle of the desert. Libyan security forces are continuing to search the area for survivors. To hear the newscast and learn more about the news team, visit cjlo.com news. This has been a CJLO production. What's up, everybody? Geek-tastic side for CJLO 1690 AM. On the line with me is my boy. Oh, man. And uh, my name is Doc Holiday here at CJLO. Um, so, I, oh. I... Sorry? What's going on? Ah, nothing much. Uh, I just want to start off the show. Um, uh, I mentioned it to you guys in the, in the group chat as we prepare for the show, but I uh, wanted to say... Um, Oh, man, I'm not even sure how to say it, but um, my godmother passed away recently, and um, she is uh, easily one of the biggest influences on being a positive person. Um, for a lot of people who know me who are always just like, you're always so positive. My godmother was one of those people who was always positive um, and always happy and uh always had a good energy about her uh even in the darkest of times and um i'm sad that she's gone um but i also know that she's not in pain because it wasn't uh pleasant she was not doing well uh but she 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 um she passed peacefully so i want to say goodbye to my godmother sonia and um i want to send my love to her daughter uh, Makiba, my sister, and uh, her grandkids, and um, and her husband, and um, her Uncle Cheston, and I want to thank them all for uh, just always being very positive family for me. And uh, even in this time, I'm sure that uh, it, it it seems heavy, but at the same time, I know that her positive energy is something that that was passed on to them, and they can. Um, find that light in this unfortunate uh and sad situation so uh i dedicate this one to gaudy sonia yeah and, and my condolences bro we, we definitely did speak about this yeah. earlier and you said that you were still doing this show because it's the type of thing she would want you to do anyway yeah, yeah exactly exactly so in your own way you are honoring her and uh yeah i'm sure she's looking down and she's proud of you man thank you thank you yeah um i mean it, it, it all happens fast, man. Life goes really fast. That, that That's the craziest part of it. And, and uh, But I'm happy that we still get to do the show. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, can tune in, all of you, on all the different platforms. You can listen to this Geektastic Cypher on cjello.com. You can listen to us on Bell 5 Channel 950. You can listen to us on the TuneIn app. Um, I recently started using the Podomatic app on my Android phone. And uh, you can find CJLO uh, on the Podomatic. You can add it to your radio list so you can live stream CJLO through there. And uh, anywhere else that you can get a streaming radio station, you can listen to us. And uh, check out our website, franklinarmstrong.com. Awesome. So we're going to be starting off the show with a DTD, Drain Team Up Defeat. If you guys were listening to the last show, you heard Angelica uh, describe it in BVST. But uh, we're going to describe it once again. As she said, it is essentially Mary Kill, but with superheroes. Um, the D 
D- DTD is Drain Team Up Defeat. Uh, so you can drain one character, team up with another, and defeat the last. You don't necessarily have to do it in the order where you drain and team up to defeat, but you can approach it that way if you'd like to. Uh, but with this one, I feel like that would be a little <laughs> a little unfortunate if you did. Uh, this, this one is the Battle of the Coffee Drinkers Club. Um, if you are fans of the MCU Netflix universe... Uh, you get that reference, and if you are not, then these are just coffee drinkers to you, and that's still okay. Um, we have Misty Knight, Jessica Jones, and Claire Temple, uh, all three of them, very um, important and awesome characters in the uh, Netflix MCU. And uh, I would say Claire Temple um, is uh, the anchor because she has appeared in all five series. Well, five, five seasons? Wait, is it? Two Daredevil, Jessica Jones, six, right, yeah. at this point? So the six six MCU Netflix seasons, they're, you know, they're all different shows, but six seasons that have appeared. So she appears in Daredevil, season one and two, Jessica Jones. She appears in Luke Cage's show, um, Luke Cage, obviously. She appears in Iron Fist, and uh, she just appeared in Defenders. And then Jessica Jones, as you know, is uh, Jewel, as she's called in the comic book. But in the this universe, she's Jessica Jones, the detective. The it's, this series is more based on the Alias comic book that uh, she was a f- uh, featured character in. And Misty Knight, the one half of Daughter of the Dragons, um, very much a Iron Fist affiliated character, but less so in this series in the Netflix universe. They actually made her very much a Luke Cage affiliated character. Right, but in the comic book, she actually is Danny Rand's girlfriend. That's true. Did yeah. they get married? Uh, I don't know if they ever get married, but they were together for a really long time. Um, she learned martial arts from him and the other guy whose name I remember and then forget Shang Shang Si. I think. Oh man, why do I always forget that dude's name? Okay, here it is. Uh, in the alternate future, in the MC two universe, she settles down and marries Iron Fist. Oh, okay. But, but then, unfortunately, at some point, she died of cancer. Oh, damn, really? <laughs> yeah. What the hell, guys? <laughs> Why would they get rid of Missy? Yo, w- w- which universe? Is it the is it the 1610 Ultimate Universe? That's what you said? Uh, no, MC2. Marvel Comics 2, remember? Oh, wow. Back in 1998 or... Oh, I don't count that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even count that. I'm going to ignore that. Because <laughs> that universe, I don't even know. Did that universe even have a number? Did they even like do anything with it? or? No, no, but it was the one where it was weird. There was like Spider-Girl, which was the daughter of Spider-Man. Um, there was J2. Yes, 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 yes. A juggernaut son, and then there's like the Fantastic Five or something like that. Yeah, so that's a universe where they wanted to... They essentially wanted to skip ahead... What, maybe 20 years, 15, 20 years? Yeah, something like that. So they kind of just progressed certain characters and, like, the mantle was passed on to certain characters' kids. Yeah, Um, it was was definitely weird. Yeah, the kid, like, the guy who took over for Thor wasn't even, like, Asgardian. He's just some dude who's, like father had a connection to a hammer and something something and he ends up with the hammer it's it's really weird i actually read it recently um in my uh on on marvel unlimited because i was bored i need to get marvel on it dude i've told you i've told you (laughs) marvel unlimited and this is not a promo for it this is just me commenting on how useful it is for me as a sponsor yet not a sponsor yet but (laughs) just the idea that for uh, I won't even see here. Here's what I do. I won't say the prices, but for a very uh, a fair price, I would say you get access to like their backlog of cat of comic books that are six months old and older. So like right now we're what month are we? Uh, nine September. So you would get March 2017 and earlier that whole yeah, catalog. You know what I would use that for, and, and I it's it's more for the the ones I don't want to collect. I kind of like reading, you know, like. Flipping the pages and seeing the images is just something organic for me about just actually having the actual book in my hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't I, get. I, I love that too. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's just that the advantage of knowing that, like, for example, originally I wrote that I was going to talk about the Runaways. I'm not actually going to do that today because there's so much other stuff that we wanted to talk about, and I, I definitely want to talk about Secret Empire. Um, but uh, I decided to read The Runaways because it's going to be a premiering this year uh, from on Hulu. They're doing a series. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to read, uh, and I'm almost done, the entire run of The Runaways. I'm on their volume two right now. 
Dude, I, I have I have the first issue and I never I never flipped it. <laughs> oh wow, really? Never even opened it? I've got a few in myself that still need reading. <laughs> I mean, that's always fun too. Don't I think that's pretty cool. Whenever you have comic books that you haven't read and you know, like yeah, you're like you, know, you buy the first issue just in case. Yeah, and then yeah, you pick it up and decide if you you know like it. Yeah, but not just that. If you're like bored on a Sunday afternoon, you can go through and be like, oh, these are like five comics I've never read. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty sweet. Um, okay, let's start the DTD. Uh, like I mentioned, it's Battle of the Coffee Club Drinkers. Um, Missy Knight, Jessica Jones, Claire Temple. Uh, I I would love to go first on this one because I've actually oh, thought boy. about this quite a bit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and it's unfortunate because I'm already I'm defeating one of the characters that I really do like, and I don't I think she gets a bum rap in the Marvel universe. Um, both like in real life, like as comic book fans treat her as well as within the universe itself she got a bum rap um but unfortunately and i know this is gonna break angelica's heart uh i'm defeating jessica jones oh yeah i am draining claire temple and i'm okay. joining i'm teaming up with misty knight uh sorry why are you draining claire so i'm draining claire because claire is one of those characters that is underappreciated and people don't realize the importance of a nurse and a healthcare professional who <laughs> is assisting these heroes. Um, and I think the perfect story is when she helps Luke in the Jessica Jones season because Jessica sh- shoots him with a shotgun to the face. All right, yeah. And they have to get then, Claire Temple oh, to help him because his skin's impenetrable, so they have to figure out how to inject him and, and, and help him and stuff. And, and was it like he had a, he had a swelling? Had yeah, yeah, he had like brain swelling. swelling. So like they had a whole bunch of like he had a pro- he got shot with a shotgun in the face, yeah. man. <laughs> like it, like Jessica Jones was definitely fighting for her life because obviously um, Kilgrave had brainwashed him, and and that's fair that that uh, that she she that that she did it. I, I mean, I understand, mm-hmm. but damn, you know. Um, and Claire helped save him, and I think a lot of people don't recognize how important Claire's Claire is to the story. Um, what she can do, how she can help people and, um, her and the night nurse in the Marvel universe are two characters that, that come, come across that you don't come across often, but when you do, it's dire situations and they do good work. The night nurse is also someone who helped Luke Cage. Cause there was one time where, um, I don't remember who uh, Luke Cage and the New Avengers were fighting the Dark Avengers, uh, which was run by Norman Osborn, and they did something to Luke, and they they did something to like his heart, and they needed to like hit him in the heart with uh, an injection, and they couldn't, and they had to like rush him to the night nurse, and a night nurse was able to help save his life, and it's it's like it Clara Temple's not the same, but just those types of things that they do that I think are important. So that's why I want to drain her, and then Missy Knight I want to join up with because I I trust Missy Knight as a partner, um, whereas Jessica Jones, as much as I love the character and I think she gets a bum deal, she's not very reliable in the in the Netflix universe. Um, interesting interesting. she comes she comes through when she she comes through in the end don't get me wrong but she's not always there from the beginning true whereas misty knight is there and trying to help you Uh, i mean in defenders you can understand why she didn't get all the info because they didn't feel they wanted to involve her for her safety and that's fair but if she had been (laughs) involved (laughs) yeah she still loses the arm yeah sadly but that's what i'm saying like she is like ride or die and you yes. and like if you're a, you know her from the comic book or the show, she she really is ride or die. So that's why. So that's my team up. That's the, that's my answer. <laughs> All right. I, I was really hoping we were going with the comic book version of Misty Knight, but I guess we're going with that. You can <laughs> you can do both. You I mean approach it how you want. In my head, I'm I mean, approaching it with both. I mean, it looks like they're heading that way anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. You know what? The thing about Jessica Jones, and I completely agree. I didn't want to like steal your thunder. Is the fact that like. She's only good in doses. I couldn't stand yeah. a whole show of Jessica Jones. I loved her. it, but I, I get what you're saying. But you like the show, right? Yes, I, I really did like her show. I honestly couldn't stand her, like, sad, angry teenager attitude <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. She was always whining, oh, I don't want to have powers. Why is dragging her feet everywhere and getting drunk? But she was good in Defenders. I liked her in doses. I yeah. felt when she's around other heroes, she's like, 
she's controlled. She's restrained a bit, and it's, it's nice. It's nice to see that she can actually like level out a bit. Yeah. You no, know, she didn't drink for a few days, <laughs> which which is a good sign. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do enjoy that she gets on the subway and steals a guy's beer, but yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but, but just because of that, I would just defeat her. I'd get bored of her so quickly. Oh, for real? Oh, so you are defeating Jessica Jones. For sure, defeating. Oh, okay. I thought, because when I said it, I thought you were going to, you were going to drain her. So I, okay. (laughs) No, not at all. Defeating her, getting rid of her. Now, before this whole thing started, I was thinking about defeating Claire Temple, but you kind of swayed me a bit on that one. Okay. She's definitely someone you want to have around. The only thing that bothered me was her going to Asia with. But Danny ran oh, and yeah. Colleen like she was going to do something. Yeah, yeah. That was that was, useless. That was, that was I didn't understand that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that said, I will be teaming up with Claire, draining Misty. Okay. Hopefully getting the vibranium arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, built by Tony. Built by Tony, but someone that ran in the streets, I guess, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna change it up a bit. I mean, they could still build it by Tony because the show is in the same MCU universe, but they're being weird about that stuff. So they stopped referring to it after, like, yeah, I know, and that really bugs me because, like, it's what we've always wanted DC to finally do, and we were saying it was great that M- that that Marvel's doing it, but now Marvel's like distancing themselves from doing that which i find very weird i'm still i'm still hoping upon hope fingers crossed that we're gonna get a sneak peek of the like the defender style heroes in the infinity wars just like even if it's just something in new york in one scene just seeing them doing something i'd be happy that'd be amazing yeah yeah yeah. just a little glimpse, like a pass by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have any, it doesn't have to be anything big, but just like you know, a, a scene like what was it that I saw recently that um, I was just like, oh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, when they show the scene from Earth when those like pods start growing and they're like taking over. You know how at one point his dad starts releasing those pods. Yeah. to regrow and they show you earth and the pods like growing and you see star lord's grandfather uh grandfather yeah mm-hmm. and he's in a car and it, that he sees it and he's driving like yeah. that kind of small cameo nod to like the defenders where like they're fighting like in the streets and you just you know like they're fighting like some sort of soldier or something i think would be mm-hmm. cool i think so too yeah, yeah i mean we'd all love to see them <laughs> yeah yeah i i really do um, okay, so we got to actually get to some quick messages here at CJLO 6090 AM, so don't go anywhere, anybody, and uh, we'll come right back with, uh, with uh, we're going to talk about some comic comic yeah. and TV talk, so we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Oh my God, the mall is boring, and my Walkman is so grody. What am I going to do? For your nostalgia needs and to hear all things tubular, tune in to Nosing Around Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. on CJLO. Excellent! Saturday, September 8th. Oomph! Montreal's Back to School Festival, presented by Desjardins in collaboration with Les Trois Brasseurs, takes over St. Denis Street in Cartier des Spectacles for a massive closing party in partnership with CJLO 1690. Featuring the who's who of the Quebec hip-hop scene, including Corias, Iman and Vlooper, Larry Kidd, and the Word of Battles. Plus the artists specially selected by our partner Fido, Shashu, Vince Carter, and Ryan Playground. Special performances by Radiant Baby and Men I Trust. Get the most of your festival experience with the exclusive Oomph on 360 wristband presented by Desjardins. Details and schedule at oomph.ca. Come celebrate five days of music, film, art, craft, and more at the 16th Annual Pop Montreal, taking place all over the city from September 13th to the 17th. Highlights include The O.C.'s, Mount Erie, Lido Pimienta, Ostra, Sweatshop Boys, Royal Trucks, Hooray for the Riffraff, JSOM, William Basinski, and RZA, who are amongst hundreds of other bands, artists, and presenters. Alongside film pop, puce pop, art pop, and kids pop, there is sure to be something for everyone. For tickets, schedule, and more information, visit popmontreal.com.
What's up, everybody? CJLO 1690 AM, Doc Holiday, and Toby on the line. We are back here in the studio, and uh, Toby's going to be taking it over right now. He's going to be talking to us about Batman The Black Mirror, which you guys heard us mention uh, in the crossover with uh, BVSC with Angelica. Aha! So, so what the is story, the... The story kind of takes place a little bit uh, during the New 52... But just, I think, just before the Court of Owls. Ooh, the Court of Owls is an excellent story. Yeah, so it deals with um, the return of James Gordon Jr. Oh, okay. Um, do you know, have you ever read that story? No, no, I don't know the story at all. That's why I'm very excited to hear about it. All right, perfect. So in this actual storyline, the story is about Batman, but Dick Grayson is Batman. Oh, oh, is this when he took over and Batman's gone? Yeah, Batman is like busy offshore is establishing his idea for Batman Incorporated. Oh, okay, so this goes that like, far back. This, this is when uh, he D- Dick Grayson's Batman and Damien is his Robin? Uh, Tim? Oh, no, you're right. Damien is his Robin and yeah. Tim Drake is Red Robin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have Barbara, who's still Oracle, and yeah. uh, James. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much Batman is off establishing a global force of Batman. Yeah. Uh, financed by Wayne Enterprises, um, and Dick Grayson stays in Gotham City, and he's Batman. That's pretty awesome. So, from what I could see in the storyline, is like writing about writing about Dick Grayson as Batman isn't easy. No, no, it, it's not like just doing it. It's not like we're so used to all this time to seeing Bruce being Batman that actually seeing him in the Batman mantle, he reacts differently. Yes. Treats people differently. Yes. Um, and I like the fact that the creative team on this story actually understood that. Uh, it's written by Scott Snyder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I actually read the first run. I read from issue one of Batman and Robin where he, Dick Grayson takes over and Robin's his sidekick. Uh, Damien's his sidekick. But I read that all the way until the end of like the pig something story. And that's when I stopped. So. Yeah, so this pretty much takes off after that yeah 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 yeah. um and as i was saying even when he jumps to save himself in a dangerous situation whereas batman would have like swung with the rope and you know just hit it in the shadows yeah he's he's doing all he's putting off like his own style like acrobatic like jumps it's pretty cool to see how different he is from bruce and how he talks to people in a different way yeah Uh, his interactions with jim gordon for example like one of the parts of the story that i found funny was between him and Batman, when Gordon, uh, you know how they're on the rooftop yeah, after he, he puts up the bad signal. Very often, yeah. And Jim Gordon's like, uh, he says something, he turns away, and when he turns back, he's shocked that Dick Grayson is still there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to disappear in the middle of the night, like like Batman. Yeah, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so like those just those little nuances that they actually like put in there just makes you go, oh wow, like this is really a different story. It's fresh. It feels newer. Yeah. Um, and if you know me, I'm not really big on like DC. <laughs> I'm more of a Marvel fanboy. I will admit that right now. Yeah. Uh, but I have been in the past year or two trying to immerse myself a little bit more in Batman and the Flash and the one. I, I don't really love a lot of Superman because I find his storylines are usually kind of, honestly kind of the same arc. Yeah. Yeah. All the so, time. So it's, so it's some big baddie and, you know, he doesn't beat him. And then the last few pages he beats him. It's kind of like, but Batman the whole time, no matter who's really under the Batman mantle, they're actually suffering. You're seeing them struggle the whole time. And there's more of a, there's more of a human feel to a Batman story. I find in a Superman story. Well, yeah. Cause the um, whole point is that he's just a normal dude in a suit who's, yeah. who's trained himself, but he's still just human in the end. Exactly, and that's what I find Marvel gets really well in their in, on their side of things as far as storytelling. True, true. Um, and yeah, and, I mean, the story also includes a little bit of the Joker, which I don't want to give away too much. Um, it has nice references to Batman stories like the Killing Joke, um, a death in the family, I think is mentioned uh, yep. in a couple pages, and uh, Batman Year One, there's some scenes in there that kind of discuss events from that. Um, but Scott, Scott Snyder actually like brings his style from American Vampire a little bit as far as the art is concerned too. Mm-hmm. It's a little like more gray and black, and it's still got colors, but the colors but they're faded. It's nice art. Um, the storytelling is is gripping. I can tell you that much. I didn't put it down. I took it with me for the, to the cottage <laughs> this weekend and literally awesome. read it within a few hours, like an hour. It was really that good. I couldn't put it down. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Batman the Black Mirror, I would suggest anyone go watch, go read it, uh, pick it up at your local comic book store. If they don't have it there, get it on Amazon. Nice. 
Nice. I agree. Uh, anytime you're any story that has Dick Grayson as Batman, I find it interesting because of all the things you say. You said it's just different enough that it it. Uh, and I and I agree that nod that they do with the weird little things like um, uh, Gordon. Gordon like Be- noticing. Shocked, yeah. Right? There's one that I read in the earlier parts where at one point they're on the roof together and they're talking and Gordon's just like, wait, you're not him. And he's just like, what do you mean? He's just like, yeah, there's something different about you. Like, <laughs> and he, and then like, I think Dick's just kind of like, starts talking like a little deeper <laughs> just to be like <laughs> like the idea is like a little bit yeah like the idea is like he's trying to show like i'm tough too <laughs> so it's pretty funny but yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's and one thing you also realize that you notice is that he's not as good a detective as batman is. no yeah at the end of the day i don't think anyone really is but he relies a lot more on oracle than batman ever did Oh, for sure, for sure. Does Damien play a big role in this? Because Damien, in the one that I read, Damien was very much the, like, detective. No, Damien, Damien takes a backseat in this one. He's actually mentioned a couple times, but he doesn't show up. Red Robin is pretty much more prominent than he is. Oh, interesting. That's mm. very interesting. I wonder why they decided to focus on uh, Tim Drake instead. Uh, do, do you see spoiler at all? Like, uh, Tim Drake's girlfriend... Who's like, uh, nope. no, she's not there. Okay, cool. cool. No, the story is pretty much, honestly, I'll tell you right now, it's focused on Dick Grayson, yeah. Jim Gordon, a little bit of Bullock, okay. uh, Barbara Gordon, and then they kind of mesh in the storyline for uh, Jim and Barbara. Oh, cool. Because the brother, the son comes back. Ah, okay. Um, okay. And they mesh in, it's, it's pretty much about the Gordons and, and Dick Grayson at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, so you don't really see the, much of everybody else. Um, Alfred, obviously, is there as a little... Yeah snippy snippy little back talker yeah uh, that's pretty much about it um yeah awesome i definitely want to check that out uh i'm now going to recommend something that people don't read um so i'm going to be talking about nick spencer's horrible foray into captain america in the form of secret empire um uh- for those of you who don't know what secret empire is it is a horrible story written by someone who completely ignored the fans when they constantly told him we don't really want Captain America to be a Nazi. Um, but my personal judgment aside, I'll explain first what the story is about. Um, so if you guys have been reading the Marvel Universe for the last little while, they've been planting seeds uh, in and about the universe about the about Kobik. Kobik is the human manifest... Well, I shouldn't say human, but um, the like living manifestation of the Cosmic Cube who was uh, kind of raised by the Red Skull to think that Hydra is the greatest organization in the world. Um, with the innocence of a child, you can imagine... With the innocence of a child, but probably the most power, one of the most powerful beings on Earth, um, she uh, ends up manipulating the universe a lot because uh, that's her power. Essentially, think of her as a female version of Franklin uh, Reed. Like, if you guys know Franklin Reed and his powers in the comic book and how powerful he is, then you guys know uh, he is a pretty intense, uh, power, intensely powerful character who can alter almost anything. And she is essentially the same. Uh, to the point where she's essentially altered everything in the world in favor of Hydra because of the Red Skull. And what she did was she manipulated Steve Rogers... To think that, well, not even think, but to be someone who is secretly a Hydra agent his entire life. Uh. And you and you find out that in the Marvel in Marvel Universe 616, the primary universe, that the Allies actually lost to the Nazis and they used a cosmic cube to set history straight. Hey. Yeah, and, and sorry, you said Franklin Reed, but you meant Franklin Richards, right? Reed Richards. Oh yes, sorry, sorry. Yes, Franklin Richards. My apologies. That's why, that's why for a second it, it wasn't clicking. I was like, "Who's Franklin Reed?" No, you're right. You're right. My apologies, Franklin yeah. Richards, uh, Reed Richards, and Sue Storm's son. There um, you go. So yeah, so she's so they alter the universe. Steve Rogers uh, grows up Hydra. Um, you find out later on because Nick Spencer really wanted to hammer home that Steve Rogers is Hydra that Steve Rogers was always actually a Hydra agent when the allies used a cosmic cube to change history 
Steve Rogers was actually already working for Hydra. He was fighting Hydra and pretending to be uh, a good American soldier as a sleeper agent the whole time. When they use the Cosmic Cube and he gets turned into believing that he actually is that good of a person, he is actually still just you know living in a fake world as he knows it and then finally they when Kobik comes back she is unlocking his real mind um so nick spencer legit wrote it in that on no matter what whatever skill you want to put it on at the end of the day steve rogers is a nazi and he really Uh, wanted to hammer that home um speaking of hammer didn't didn't he hold the hammer at one point yes the nazi or as people are calling him hydra cap um, at one moment, when he reveals himself to be a Hydra agent, picks up the hammer, uh, Thor's hammer, just and shows that he is worthy. <laughs> um, and guess what? At the end in issue 10, when Kobix shows up, because she is saved by Bucky, um, Winter Soldier, because Winter Soldier eventually takes over raising her, uh, she ends up joining the Thunderbolts and... and and Bucky's kind of like taking care of her as like a guardian. Mm-hmm. So he creates a really tight bond with her. And at one point, the cosmic cube is stuck inside of a suit that Steve had made that is like an Iron Man suit powered by a cosmic cube. So he can fight you, but like, let's say you're punching him and he, you punch him in the face, he can just change reality because of his suit and make it that you miss, which is such bull because it was the. Anyways. I'm so mad at this story. All this to say, Bucky saves the day by getting bringing Kobik back. And when Kobik is brought back, she brings with her the manifestation of the good Steve Rogers that existed in her mind. Ah, stop it. And brings him back. And the manifestation of Steve Rogers defeats the real Steve Rogers. Ah. Essentially, essentially, I want to say, cue Nick Spencer. That's what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's all I want to say. Because oh, so ridiculous, dude. Because the thing that really sucks about this is he. First of all, fans were already upset from the get go. They didn't like the idea that you were affiliating Captain America with a Nazi organization. And I know people have been saying they're not Nazis, but guys, if you're saying that, you're not a real you're not a real Marvel fan because yeah, Marvel on. themselves in multiple comic books refers to Hydra as a fascist Nazi affiliated organization. Reading the Runaways recently, there's a whole section of the Runaways where they're trying to figure out one of the characters' parents because they don't know who the parent is. They find out that the parent is a villain. At one point, someone says, maybe your father's Red Skull, and the kid goes on a tirade of a rant about how Red Skull is a Nazi. So you can't tell me that Marvel and their writers don't consider Hydra a Nazi organization when they refer to Hydra as a Nazi organization. I, I, I honestly don't know if it's... It might be just someone trolling that started that whole thing because that's probably the dumbest no, dude, thing ever. Nick Spencer himself has said they're not... Like he's the, If you look up his Twitter, there are times where he's argued that Hydra aren't... They're not Nazis. It's in, it's in his best interest to sell his book, so he'll say whatever. But that's the thing that sucks. He did all this to sell these books and then didn't write a good story. And that's what bugs me. If you were going to do this, and you, you should have done it well from the get-go, that was your one job. Tell a good story. And instead, you wrote a story where, in the end, you backpedaled so hard, you fell off the bike. And, and, and man, it's Captain America. And, yeah. Why, why does he have a green Nazi suit on? Yeah, he's, he's tainted... <laughs> But that's the thing. He's tainted Captain America pretty much forever now because, well, at least I feel that way. Because the version of... It's possible. Maybe they're killing him off in the movies, too. Maybe that's why he's... Yeah, that's what some people have been saying. That's what some people are like, oh, I mean, it's probably going to change everything up. And honestly, I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, they have to move on. I I agree. They have to move on. But it just it was just a crappy way to do it. Yeah, it that's the thing. It really like it was really really bad. Like there are panels in the issue, issue number 10 where you see Captain America standing proud 
looking like an Aryan prince, man. Blonde, blue-eyed, golden green suit, staring into the future, all happy and proud with everything he's done. And I'm, I just keep thinking, like, why is this the story that Nick Spencer thought would be so important uh, to tell to people? And guys, he's not joking about the golden green suit. Just go take a look at it. Uh, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post an image. If you guys are listening right now, we're gonna have an image of that on the Twitter later on. Um, terrible and i'll have a specific picture of what i'm talking about with the like aryan pretty boy suit that like can i ask why he still has the a on his forehead oh when he's hydra when he's uh, hydra cap yeah because he still thinks of himself as captain america he honestly (laughs) dude this is the one thing that's really crazy about the story Uh, he legit thinks he he's doing the right thing he honestly to honest to god thinks that what he's doing is for the greater good of the Marvel Universe. Which is why we're supposed to believe that he was always Hydra. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At the end of the day, they're like, ah, he grew up this way, so he's brainwashed this way. But it's hard yeah. for anyone. I mean, I'm all for changing up stories and everything, but pick another character. Yeah, that's the thing. They pick, like, the I weirdest have- character. And, and and the crossover between everything was annoying. That that's the other Terrible. thing that really drove me crazy. Like just the way all the all the other stories had to take a back seat so that they could tell this story and then it wasn't even a good story. That's the other thing that sucks. It hurts me to see that cover with him standing over everyone and they're all laid out. Oh, uh, dude, you should see inside the comic book. It is <laughs> ridiculous in the comic book. I don't book. know if I want to peer into the abyss. Yeah, no. I agree. Don't do it. I, I read it because my rule, and I, I always say this to people, I've always had this rule, I can't discuss things if I haven't read them. So I can't go out there and tell people, don't read this. If I, I, I can't say don't read it because I just don't like it. Hey, you know what I, I mean? just don't mention it because I don't believe it's real. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably how I should have approached it, That to be honest. That's the thing that sucks because I got to say, man, it was, it was brutal. It was... Uh. Uh, so yeah, that so Secret Empire. If you guys want to be let down, I mean, go ahead. But uh, I, I'm telling you guys right now, it it, it wasn't a good story. Um, you are going to be disappointed with what 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 they do because they uh, they mess it up. They they mess it up. So yeah. Uh, well, uh, next up, we wanted to talk a little bit about Inhumans, just very quickly. Uh, the Inhumans uh, cinematic two episode pilot. Uh, came out on in theaters in IMAX, um, and is flopping hard in a way that has not been seen. So, no, I haven't seen it yet. I I really really want to. I really do want to see it. I I, I I'm actually and and I wanted to see it before I heard it was bad because I was just like, well, how how bad how bad can this be? Dude, it just was rushed. This is probably the most rushed project Marvel has ever put their fingers on. Have Did you see it? No. And okay. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> you know, one, one of the things that I find interesting, though, is the fact that the, the showrunner is the same showrunner for Iron Fist. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, as soon as I say that, a lot of people are like, oh, God, that's who it is? Yeah, so... Um, so, you know when ABC themselves is putting out statements about concerns over the quality of the Inhuman episode? Yeah. Then you know there's a problem. <laughs> like, yeah. The, effects, it, the special effects, just everything looked terrible. And you're like, oh, wait till it's done. That's not the final product. But you can kind of tell... At this point, I think we're kind of experienced enough to see something and be like, I don't know how much better this is going to look post. And this was one of them. Medusa's hair. Uh, oh, yeah. Medusa's lock- hair looks really bad. Lockjaw. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, uh, Medusa's hair I, I, is one of those things that I, I don't feel you could ever do well. Because, uh, first of all, see, they haven't figured out how to do CGI hair itself properly. I don't find I've ever seen CGI hair on someone look good. And now they're going to CGI hair that grows and moves and does all these other things. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, this doesn't even make sense to do that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I mean, they're trying. I, I thought people were really excited about Lockjaw, but supposedly people say once you see the movie, it still looks bad. Yeah, it's just poor quality, dude. 
Yeah. The costumes, everything. I, I feel kind of bad for the actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, oh, and the other thing that I found that I that I found out, someone I was reading this somewhere. I, I wish I'd put down the source because I don't remember where it was. But someone said that this show, the Inhumans show, is not connected to the MCU universe. The uh, MCU. I mean, it'd be in the best interest not to connect it. Sure, but <laughs> if this show takes place in the same universe as the Agents of Shield, and Agents of Shield takes place in the same world as the MCU. How is that possible? Uh, Agents of Shield also kind of like in the same vein as a Netflix show. It's kind of stopped referencing the yeah. show MCU. I also right. So no, I, I get that. Hoping, they're just hoping we forget it. To be honest, I think. It's, <laughs> I honestly think they're like slowly brainwashing us to forget. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Their, <laughs> that's their mission. <laughs> Because they, they really, I don't know, they just put out some terrible, terrible offerings lately. I think they need to slow down. I mean, Agents, I, felt, I felt Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stepped it up this last season. And I was hoping that it, they stepped it up because the Inhumans was going to be their next wave of, like, ABC-related television. You know, like, yeah. they're, they're doing the Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. Like, I, I thought they were tr- trying to find that way of telling the Marvel stories in a fr- family-friendly way with their ABC properties. But, I mean, in humans, it doesn't look promising. I really, unfortunately, it really doesn't look promising. So Yeah, they've never, I mean, I've never heard Kevin Feige talk about any sort of connections. And I remember they didn't have, they were going to put Daredevil in the MCU, but then he didn't have any, like, real plans for him, so he put him in the TV universe. Oh, re- is that how that worked out? That's pre- I'm pretty sure if you look that up, that's pretty much what happened. Same ah, okay. Same Ghost Rider. They're yeah, like, oh, I don't think we're going to make any movies with them. Just dump them in the TV universe. Yeah, I wish they put them in the Netflix universe, though. I really do. Yeah. Because the ABC oh. universe, they, they can't do much with him in the ABC universe. No. Like, they're not going to do a spinoff of Ghost Rider for ABC. No, Ghost Riders definitely, definitely deserve the Netflix treatment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree. Um, sure. We got to get to messages real quick when we come back. Geek news and r- rumors. We, uh, we're going to dedicate a little bit more time to it this week because there's quite a few. Uh, and one of them is something we want to discuss uh, in detail. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Geektastic Cypher CJO, 1690 AM, Doc Holiday, and Toby. What a beautiful world full of beautiful music. Don't just take my word for it. Tune in to CJLO on Saturday, September 23rd for World Music Pledge Day. We'll be playing great songs from our World Music Department all day from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Support community radio so we can continue supporting your wanderlust. Call us to send pledges at 514-848-7471. That's 514-848-7471. For more information on our funding drive and many killer events happening between September 22nd to 30th, visit cjlofundingdrive.com. Trust us, it'll feel good. We're back. Geektastic Cypher, CJLO. Hello. So, geek news, kids. This week in Geek News and Rumors, Leonardo DiCaprio tapped to play the Joker in Todd Phillips' movie. Huge rumor on this one. Um, Massive rumor. Massive rumor. Nothing confirmed. It's not confirmed, but it's nice to still talk about. (laughs) So, for this, the reason I find this one a little ridiculous is... Just the fact that when I look, when I'm looking for like more information on it, I can't find anything. There's like no confirmation from anyone. Every article says there's no. They have not been able to get confirmation from Leto, Scorsese, DiCaprio's team. Essentially, they all just keep saying the same thing of like we don't know anything, and that to me seems kind of ridiculous. As to yeah. why this rumor got so big. I understand there's nothing yeah, possibly so, showing that this is a possibility. Hold on. So I mean, I'll give the yeah. timeline first. All right. So we're looking at – so an article came out <laughs> An article came out a couple weeks ago around uh, August 23rd announcing that Todd Phillips is working on a script for the Dark Knight uh, – not the Dark Knight, the uh, Crown Prince of, of Crime, the Joker – which is going to be set outside the DCEU because they want to have the freedom to do standalone stories that doesn't affect their overarching universe. 
Like it's set in like the eighties in Gotham City. Yeah, it's supposed to be a lot grimier and a lot darker. Um, kind of like, uh, and if you check it out on franklinarmstrong.com, we have an article from, uh, around August 23rd. Um, and the example we gave in the article is when Joe, C- uh, Carnahan wanted to do a daredevil reboot set in the seventies. That was going to be seventies, late seventies. That was going to be a lot like a dirtier New York where the daredevil is in hell kitchen, hell's kitchen fighting crime. And that's the kind of similar angle people were thinking for this kind of Joker story set in the eighties, like a New York Gotham height of wall street, like type of story. So seeing as it's Todd Phillips. Yeah. Seeing as their now is the Martin Scorsese one. Also the same on the same side as uh, Leo, as in it's not proven. Yeah, so exactly. The first article says that Todd Phillips is working on a script. That was confirmed. Um, and then they said Martin Scorsese is possibly attached to as a producer. Mm. And then there was no confirmation from Scorsese's camp that he's... Um, one report stated that filmmaker Martin Scorsese was producing the project, but sources tell THR that his involvement is far from assured. So this is what, like, n- no one on his side is confirming anything. Like, there's there's just, he's maybe involved, possibly. That's the... Okay, so so this whole thing is definitely a stretch. Yeah, that's... that's... So, so, someone is reaching out there. <laughs> I think my favorite part about this is from this original... Because w- from what I understand, the original source of this whole thing comes from an August 22nd report from The Hollywood Reporter where Todd Phillips is is confirmed writing a script and there's a mention of Scorsese and that's it. Because every other site I found quotes this article as the source. But Broken telephone. Yeah, man. I, I mean... Now that said, yeah. What would it be like in the world where Leo is the clown prince of darkness? I mean, I I, I like Leo as an actor. Don't get me wrong. Ew. I really like Leo as an actor. I think he has the depth to do anything he really puts his mind to. But I don't know. Like I don't need Leo playing the Joker. I mean, huh. Like now, for, is it because you don't see him as a Joker, like visually? I don't. I don't. Like you don't. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is easily one of the best versions of the Joker we'll ever get. Absolutely. Uh, Leto's Joker is one of the most cartoonish versions. Um, but I like I, I, the the thing I like about Leto's version is Leto's version is a mobster. He's real. He's real. Yeah, he, he he's like a he, he's a guy who's broken, and he's like in and he appears to be insane, but he's actually quite aware of everything. And everything he does is for a reason. It's just that he does it in such random ways that no one else understands what he's doing. So he appears crazy. Yes. Oh my dude, that's honestly the perfect description. Yeah, and that and that's not an. A, he's not a bad Joker. He's no, a different take. Exactly, and. And one of the important things about the Joker that a lot of people don't r- realize is that there is logic to the Joker's insanity. Like, Absolutely. And a lot of people say the Joker is just crazy, but, I mean, there's different r- stories about the Joker. There's one story that the Joker is like Deadpool. He's aware that he's a comic book character, so that's why he doesn't have a moral compass because he knows it's all fake. He's just in a comic book. Um, and then there's one version where it's just Great. that – Sorry? Interesting theory. Yeah, I've, I've heard, I've read that theory a few times actually, and I like that theory because it's it, it, it's interesting. But I countered that theory with everyone that I've spoken to, saying Deadpool's also aware that he's in a comic book, but doesn't go around doing things the way the Joker does. Yes, Deadpool yeah. does do crazy things, but then there's also a comic, a full issue of Deadpool um, talking a girl down from suicide. Yes. So I mean. If you know everything's fake, why would you care if someone jumped off a building? Oh, because it's still actually real to someone, so he mm-hmm. still goes out of his way. And the Joker should be able to apply that same logic. So it doesn't make sense if the Joker knows he's in a comic book and he does all this stuff because he's just like, well, there's no point to it because Deadpool does has the same exact situation. And But that, that theory also only works in certain iterations of the Joker story, right? Yeah, yeah, true. In different timelines where you see him growing up and stuff, he doesn't know it. No, yeah, I agree you know, with that. So, yeah, I agree. 
I mean, it depends which Joker you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. I don't see Leo as the Joker. I don't so, see the version he could bring. Okay, so that's where I was going to go with Yeah, sorry, so go ahead. I actually see him as the Joker, but I see him more as Jack Nicholas-like. Okay. But with a hint... Nicholson, you mean? Of, with a hint of Jared Leto. I don't think anyone is going to come no anywhere near as deranged as Heath Ledger's Joker was. Yeah. Um, and I honestly don't want to see that again. Yeah. Um, I do think as far as range and acting capabilities is concerned, I could see him actually pulling off everything in terms of going from possibly normal to completely psychopath. We've seen, I've seen him as a crazy person in Shutter Island. Um, I mean, all you need is just turn that up a few notches. I was going to say Shutter Island is probably the best example of Leo playing the broken character. Yeah. And I, I, once again, I agree with you that that was an excellent, that was an excellent uh, movie, and he does an excellent job. But seeing that character, so yeah, Nicholson and a, with a like a pinch of Ledger in it. Okay, I guess I could. I guess I know. I get what you're saying. It's just that when I think about the Joker, and I see Heath Ledger's Joker in my head, and I see Jared's. Ed. And I see Nicholson. Leo, to me... Did I say Jack Nicholas before? Yeah, you did. But that's okay. I, I knew what you meant. Nicholson. I used to make that mistake. You're talking about the golfer and the, and the actor. I don't know why. The, neither of them... Someone change your name enough so that we don't make that mistake. But whatever. Yeah, that's the first. Um, that's the thing. Leonardo DiCaprio, to me, is one of those actors that... I mean, no, because Jared Leto is the same thing. I don't think I would have saw Leto playing the Joker originally. I don't think I did before he... Yeah, I don't think anyone did. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Leo could do an amazing job. He could knock it out of the park. I mean, he easily would. But I also... Because this story takes place without a Batman, that yeah. like those are some of the things. Like I, I would want a Batman. Who would be the Batman to him? Because, once again, this is supposed to be outside the DECU. Ben Affleck rumors are already flying around that he's not coming back. So, you know, like there's so many things. So it it's it's... I, I, I think the biggest issue with us as comic book fans is the fact that we're very attached to the things we've grown up with. So any sort of difference in the way it's going to be done will shake us up a little bit. Yeah. We're always concerned about what this person is going to look like in this role. And sometimes we're right. <laughs> sometimes we're very right. Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we're very wrong. Like yeah. Keith Leather's Joker. A lot of you were very wrong about that. Yeah. So I think, honestly, as far as acting range is concerned, Leo is capable. I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, but I've seen him work with Scorsese before, and I've loved everything. Aviator, Gangs of New York, Departed, Shutter Island, Wolf of Wall Street. Well, that's oh. the thing. So the rumors about Scorsese, the, the rumors about Leo only started after Scorsese was uh, attached. And a lot of people are saying the only reason that people think Leo would be involved is because Scorsese would be working on it. And I'm all for that if it's the case. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah we're you know, reaching here too. So. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it all comes down to we would have to see it as fans. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just that I, I would be, I'd be very interested in seeing what he could do because I, I really am. I just I don't see it. But once again, like you said, Leo's one of those actors that you know he does a really good job at being different. Yeah. Yeah. Man, okay, we we only got like seven minutes left, so uh, let's go through a few rumors real quick. Um, Labor Day weekend, bad at the box office. This was said to be the worst Labor Day weekend in 20 years of cinematic history. since uh, Blame it on hurricanes? Is that what they're saying? I don't know. I'm just asking if that's what we blame it on. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's a possibility. I I mean, also, when I look at the list of movies, though, I think that might also be an issue. Um, That's definitely the issue. Hitman's Bodyguard, for example, a lot of people, like a lot of people that I know saw the movie uh, online. They didn't go to the theaters to see it um, Mm. only because the movie in Japan was released on Netflix. So they're... Yeah, because it's a Netflix release in Japan. So it was online within, a, like, two days. Oh, God. Yeah, of course. So that, I think, really bit into the movie because that ne- that Japanese version was streaming everywhere that I saw. I saw it on multiple sites. I saw people posting links. 
um, which kind of sucks. I mean, the movie's not that great, but it sucks when like actors that I like together were, you know, there's probably there was no chance of a sequel, anyways. But yeah, now there's the definitely only movie that I think that was out that's probably doing well right now is uh, what the Big Sick and Dunkirk. Yeah, so Dunkirk, but once again, those are movies that have been out for a couple for weeks. A while. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, Girl Trip it was number 10 on the weekend with uh, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Tisha Har- Har- Tiffany Hardish, and I can't remember, Regina? No, I can't remember who the other actress Yeah, Regina Hall. Yeah, okay. Uh, Despicable Me 3, which I didn't even know came out, was number 9. The Emoji Movie came out a while ago, number 8. Spider-Man Homecoming, which has been out since July, number 7. So it's still in the top 10. Uh, Logan Lucky, number 6. Dunkirk, number five, once again, has been out for a while. I don't know what Leap is, but that's number four. Wind River, number three. Annabelle's Creation, number two. And Hitman's Bodyguard at number one. Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard in 3,370 theaters, has been in theaters for three weeks, uh, made 13.3. So that's the other thing. There's not a single movie that came out for the Labor Day weekend uh, that's out on Labor Day weekend that was a Labor Day weekend release. Yeah, like the top ten. Yeah, that's the first time. Uh, I don't know if it's the first time, but it definitely isn't standard. I feel like they usually release a movie, or if they did release a movie, the movie that got released didn't do well. Like, I mean, Inhumans came out that weekend and could have, if it had a good good numbers, could have made the top ten, but no one wanted to see it because it was reportedly horrible from the get go. Terrible. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, next rumor that we got, Han Solo movie cast, um, Paul Bettany to replace Michael K. Williams' character. Um, I know technically it's not officially replacing the character because Michael K. Williams' character was uh, CGI character-based. But from what I understand, Bethany is going to be playing this, a, character, a human version of the same character with the same name and the same uh, inspiration. But it's just uh. that he's not... Um, going to be in the not CGI. He's just going to be human because they don't have time to do the, all the motion capture for the movie, which they still have yet to release an official title for. Even though people are saying are expecting Han Solo a Star Wars story. Um, we have uh, Sean Combs' Revolt TV, uh, Revolt Media and TV, which was made very popular during the Obama election. In, I think in two thousand eight, we would say. Um, where they were trying to get people out and vote. That was when I, I personally saw Revolt Media and TV step up and do the most. Um, they're changing CEOs. They actually lost their CEO a year ago, uh, Keith T. Clink scale, and now they're going to have Roma Khanna uh, stepping into the role um, as CEO. She's a former MGM studio um, president, which, I mean, to me, seems like some good decisions because if you're going to have someone... Like that, I mean, Revolt is already backed by Comcast, which, uh, as you know, Comcast, NBC, Universal. So the fact that Revolt has like an MGM studio person in the hot seat with the backing of Comcast sounds like they could do some cool stuff. Yeah, she's done Vikings, Fargo, Teen Wolf. They're yeah, in good hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think there's some good potential there. Um, one of the things. Oh, uh, something that. Oh man, we only have a minute. Uh, what else do we want to do? Uh, Star Wars, the the director is leaving. Um, for- you, you know what? I think you you're probably better off telling them about how your favorite show got canceled. <laughs> True, uh, guys, dark dark matter got canceled. <laughs> Uh, the the show originally signed to, was originally a space program. It got uh, it got the love from sci fi in twenty fifteen with Killjoys. It got canceled. They are running petitions to get it another two seasons at least to close out the story on Netflix or Hulu or even on Space. If you guys are interested, you can check out the links on FranklinArmstrong.com. dot com. Um, the, the the link to the petition is there if you're interested in signing. It already has over twenty. 28,000 signatures last I saw. Their goal is 35,000, so they're, they're just shy. If you guys uh, liked what they did with Sense8, the fact that Sense8 came back, this is another cool show that it would be cool to see continue. We only have 30 seconds, so I want to say my goodbyes. Tobe, what do you want to tell the people? Just have a good night. Just keep on living. That's it. That's all, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Geek Tastic Cypher, CJLO, 1690 AM. We'll be back next week with...